Welcome to the Faith in Maine podcast. I'm Katie Clark, your host. We are sharing stories of life and faith and ministry across our 58 churches, 18 summer chapels, Camp Bishopswood, three Jubilee centers, and ministries that make up the Episcopal Diocese of Maine. For this episode of the Faith in Maine podcast, we would like to welcome the Bishop of Maine, Thomas Brown, as we dive into the first of these practices for a Jesus-centered life. Welcome, Bishop Brown. Thank you so much, Katie. I'm glad to be with you. We are at the beginning of our journey along the way of love, which is essentially a rule of life, a way to regulate our lives, to stay on an intentional path, to live with intention and purpose in the present moment. To learn more about the way of love and establishing a rule of life, please listen to our previous Faith in Maine podcast episode, An Introduction to the Way of Love. So as we consider the way of love as a rule of life, the first element is turn, which is to pause, listen, and choose to follow Jesus. It makes sense that before doing anything else, before considering worship or learning more, one needs to make that simple but very important choice to follow Jesus. In the way of love, that shifting, that movement, is centered on the word turn. So let's focus on that movement, that choice to follow and turn towards Jesus. That's just what the disciples were asked to do. So Bishop, scripture is full of people from Moses to Matthew to more who turn from their old life to a new life in deeper relationship with God. What biblical stories speak to you and how has God called you out of an old life and into a new one? Thank you, Katie. One of the things that is really true for me when I think about this journey of faith and when I think about being a follower and a disciple of Jesus Christ, uh, I keep coming back to um, Saints Matthew and Mark in the uh, 14th and 15th chapters of Matthew and the sixth chapter of Mark, in which we get these great stories of the feeding of the multitudes. Um, first 5,000 and then 4,000 in Matthew and then the 5,000 in Mark. You probably know that this happens in Bethsaida, uh, the northern uh, tip of the Sea of Galilee. And for me, these stories um, speak of abundance and speak of joy, uh, the sense of life overflowing, the sense of everything overflowing, that there's always more than enough, that we have everything we need. And when I think about my own call uh, to a new life, uh, a life that's rooted in Jesus and also branched, branching out in uh, in a sense of being a disciple. For me, the call is always, how can I cultivate more joy? How can I be a joyous person, a joyous follower, uh, a joyous spouse, a joyous bishop? I mean, all of, the, all of these things, abundance, uh, a sense of overflowing, and a desire for joy come together for me um, in these uh, particular snippets of scripture. There are many other things in scripture too that I think uh, are rooted in this desire to turn and are rooted in my own desire to have an abundance of joy. But those particular ones stand out that there were 12 baskets full left over. 
is a beautiful image for me. Was there ever a time that you felt spiritually lost and had to find your way back to God? And, and what made you make that turn and turn again back towards God? Yeah, there's been many times when I have felt spiritually lost and certainly spiritually disconnected. I think those are different. I think a sense of being lost is, is really a great and big thing. But I think a lot of us have, uh, at least I do, have pretty frequent occasions of feeling less spiritually connected or less rooted. So for me, the, the thing that has happened that has gotten me unlost or gotten me more connected uh, are really two things. Usually it's another person another person of faith who either says something or does something that um, reorients me, that helps me see or feel that there is a promise, that there is hope, that there's a future. Um, it, it, it may be as small as a note that comes in the mail um, that someone says, I really appreciate what you said or did. It may be as big as someone picking up the phone and saying, I'm really sorry. But often it comes in the form of a real person, which isn't surprising given the fact that our faith is rooted in humanity and rooted in the truth of the incarnation. So that's one way that I've been unstuck or unlost and been found again. Another really big way for me is through corporate worship, being able to uh, give praise and glory to God, being able to sing uh, beautiful music, being able to hear beautiful music, being able to rest in the resonance of prayer book phrases, and being able to receive the body and blood of Jesus Christ. These things that are part of most of our corporate worship experiences, our worship services, are hugely renewing for me and putting me back on the path that I long to be on every day. So you talk about corporate worship being important and being able to worship together and being in communion with others. How has the pandemic affected that part of your spiritual life? Well, it's been a big shift for sure. And uh, I'm absolutely aware that it took several months of Zoom worship before I had an experience of actually worshiping God. I found from March of 2020, really until the end of November, every time I was engaged in a Zoom worship service, it felt like a meeting. It felt like a coffee hour. So it didn't feel bad, but I didn't feel like I was worshiping the God of all creation, uh, never mind the person and nature of Jesus Christ. And I certainly wasn't receiving communion. So it was a challenge uh, for several months. Something shifted for me, and I don't know what it, it was. I don't know. I can't point to a moment um, or to a particular moment, but I can uh, look back and realize that sometime after Thanksgiving, during the season of Advent, I found myself 
leaving a Zoom worship service and feeling like I had been to church. So what I think is that it just took some practice, uh, which everything does. <laughs> everything that we desire, everything that we want to be good at, everything that we want to share, I think requires practice. And um, I think in my case, it took several months of intending uh, for the worship to be genuine and to be full-throated, uh, even through Zoom. And after a while, it seems to have taken. And I'm delighted to say that it seems to grow. You and I are having this conversation on Ash Wednesday, and I feel like what was true during Advent remains true to today. So when we think of the way of love as a rule of life, and fitting that into our day-to-day -day and our everyday. We live in a really busy and distracting world, whether we are working from home or offices or churches. So thinking of living amidst all of that hustle and bustle and noise, how do you center yourself and focus on Jesus? Do you have any personal practices that help refocus and reorient yourself in the day-to-day? Yeah, I do. I think that this question about how we ground ourselves and what we do in the midst of really demanding societal, cultural expectations to be busy, I just think it's a key question. I think it's a key question for every human being and certainly for those of us who desire to follow Jesus. I have two principal practices. Uh, one is um, saying the daily office. I say morning prayer every day. And I have done that um, since uh, 1994. Uh, when I was sent off to seminary, I had to sign a covenant with the Bishop of Western Michigan that I would attend chapel every day while I was at seminary and or say morning prayer. And I was obedient then. <laughs> it just took. Uh, it was, it's something that I just don't miss. I, I don't, I don't not do it when I'm on vacation. And there are so many tools now because of apps on my phone and my iPad. It is really a whole lot easier to adopt the practice of um, saying the office, whether it's morning prayer and, and evening prayer or one or the other. So that's a huge source. Every day I, I say either morning prayer or evening prayer and many days both. Another uh, important practice for me is uh, to keep a journal. It's really brief. Uh, it's just a few lines uh, every day, but it, it's a journal in which I am writing to Jesus Christ. I feel like he is my he is the person that I imagine might pick up this journal someday and uh, be able to read it. Um, so those are two practices that definitely ground me and feed me. And I look back over these years of doing those two things, and I see tremendous uh, places of growth. Part of turn in the way of love is pausing listening, and then choosing to follow Jesus. If we focus on that pause and listen piece for a moment, how do you hear God speaking to you? And how do you suggest people listen? The way that I experience God speaking to me, finding me, is I feel like it only happens when I am desiring it. I sometimes say that having faith 
is not as uh, important as desiring to have faith, which is to say that my desire for God gets met by God's great desire for me. Uh, so I think I think that there's something in my experience about it being uh, rooted in desire, my desire for God and God's great desire for me, and for the the sort of intimate life with God to be cultivated um, through these practices that you have asked me about, through particular people who come in the form of friends and family and colleagues, who come in the form of people who challenge, who, who are not necessarily easy to like or easy to relate to. All of these, these encounters when I approach them with a desire for God to, to be near and to uh, be at the center, I very often experience that to be the case. And then finally, I would point back to this point that I made earlier about worship. Someone once said that we are made to worship. And the question is, what are we going to worship? Are we going to worship nature? Are we going to worship another human being? Are we going to worship God made known in Jesus Christ. And so I think that is another place in which I feel like God finds me. What guidance would you have for those just beginning on this journey who might just be at that point of turning, of choosing to follow Jesus? What would you say to them in support of that choice? Do you have any stories of your own that you would share with them as part of their journey? The first thing I would say to someone who is just beginning this uh, walk with Jesus Christ is to be really gentle with oneself and to remember that, that there are people who have been doing this for a very long time and that you, if you are the person who is starting off on this journey, that you are entering into a community who's been having these conversations, who's been walking on this pathway for over 2000 years. And so I try to think about it as I am entering into a conversation that began uh, over 2000 years ago in Palestine and has continued with millions of other people and I am entering into that con conversation and they are welcoming me. So I think about this notion that Christianity has about the communion of saints and that we are part of this uh, great band of followers. And as a newcomer to it, I am being welcomed into this grand community of people who have been having conversations and encounters with the Holy One forever, and certainly with Jesus Christ for over two millennia. Bishop, as you had mentioned, we're recording this on Ash Wednesday. We're at the beginning of the season of Lent. Lent for many Christians is a time to have renewed focus on Jesus and his story. What does the season of Lent mean to you? Think about Lent as an opportunity uh, to grow, to receive new insights, to be challenged. I think about Lent as 
you know, the sort of literal translation is a lengthening. I woke up this morning and noticed that in all of the crystallized beauty of trees covered in ice, that in fact, um, it was daylight sooner uh, than what I noticed last week. So there is a kind of expansion that I encountered during Lent. So for me, Lent, I love Lent. I I have not always loved Lent. I used to kind of dread it because the worship was different. Uh, it The sort of emphasis on penitence, I didn't always like. But something has changed for me in the last, I'd say, two decades or so, uh, in which I look forward to Lent. I look forward to this sense of uh, growing and getting to Easter Day and being able to look back and celebrate um, that I was in one place and now I am in another place. Thank you, Bishop, for spending time with us today on the Faith in Maine podcast to talk about the way of love and the practice of turning, of pausing, of listening, and choosing to follow Jesus. Thank you so much, Katie. Have a great Lent. Thank you for listening to the Faith in Maine podcast, brought to you by the Episcopal Diocese of Maine. If you like this podcast, please leave a review and rating on iTunes, Apple Podcasts. That helps us spread God's word even further. Thank you.